0: Welcome to the Shit Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Broder. Are you ready to shoot the shit? We're back with Shit Talk, the first November Shit Talk. <sighs> Hello. I can't believe it's November. Actually, I can't. And I'm like, in all honesty, I'm kind of ready for like, let's move on. like. We can put 2023 to bed as far as I'm concerned. I mean, maybe something exciting will happen in the last seven, eight weeks, but like, let's keep it moving. As one of my friends says, keep it moving. Um, But we are almost at the one year anniversary of Shit Talk, which is very exciting for me. I can't believe it's been a year. It's actually, I want to say flown by, but also like not flown by. So we don't need to get into that. That's a few weeks away and I can talk about it more then, but. Here we are, some more shit to talk. I always have shit to talk, even if I take a week off. I have to say, it's really me just adjusting with my new job. But naturally, you know, I was working on this episode at work because why would I do my work when I'm at work? I'm working on the podcast and researching and all of that. So I actually had a different episode I was going to do today. And whatever copy I sent to myself was not the most recent copy. So I will have that one for you next week. But this week I'm talking about a study I found fascinating. It's about a link between your gut microbiome and emotions. So given all, given it all the way up front, the researchers found a link between bacteria in the gut and positive emotions and healthy emotional management and better physical outcomes. What? I was like, excuse me, I need to report on this. So long story short, the study included over 200 women. And again, I love that it was like just women. Most studies are, you know, white men focused. Love that this was just women. Meaning, is it not applicable to men? Not necessarily, but right now it's most generalizable and applicable to women. But the study included over 200 women. They filled out a survey assessing their feelings and how they handled emotions, and then of course they provided stool samples. So getting more specific into it, it was a March, 2023 study done by Brigham and Women's Hospital and the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health. And they found this link between the bacteria in our gut to positive emotions like happiness, hopefulness, and healthier emotion management skills. Like I said, included over 200 women, and they were middle-aged and mostly white. So that's a limitation, but it's okay. Still, we're getting the science done. At least we're, we're doing it. So they had the women fill out a survey that asked about their emotions, their feelings, in the last 30 days. And they asked them to report positive or negative emotions they'd had. They defined positivity as feeling happy or hopeful about the future, and the negative emotions were feeling sad, afraid, worried, restless, hopeless, depressed, or lonely. The survey also assessed how they handled their emotions. So the two options they could check off were they either were able to reframe the situation to see it in a more positive light, it's called cognitive reappraisal, or what they did instead was holding back from expressing their negative emotions, AKA suppression. And we know from other science that suppressing one's feelings can lead to worse mental and physical health outcomes. So that's just a side note, that's like we've known that for a while now, but anyway, It was happy, uh, you know, positive or negative feelings. And then they were either reframing situations to be more positive or suppressing the emotions. Three months after answering the survey, the women provided stool samples, which were analyzed using metagenomic sequencing. And then the team compared the results from their microbial analysis to the survey responses about emotions and how the women handled their emotions. And they were looking, of course, for connections and what they found. People who suppressed their emotions had a less diverse gut microbiome. And then they also found specifically this doesn't, this is not really going to mean anything to people unless you're like very heavily involved in, you know, specific strains of bacteria, but they provided it. So I just want to mention it So they found that people who reported happier feelings had lower levels of, specifically, Firmicutes Bacterium CAG94 and Ruminococcus Bacterium D16. The flip side was that people who had more negative emotions had more of those two bacteria. Is that not wild? Like, how? And it's amazing to me too that we're like just learning this connection now. The researchers also examined what the microbes in the gut were doing on what they call a functional pathway level, an attempt to find links between changes in the the functional pathway level activity and specific emotional states and the emotional regulation methods. And they found that negative emotions were actually linked to lowered capacity activity in multiple metabolism-related actions, a.k.a. the people that had more of the negativity had less efficient metabolisms. So in review... The women who suppressed their emotions had a less diverse gut microbiome, and those who reported happier feelings had lower levels of certain bacteria and a more diverse gut microbiome. Crazy. The people with more negative emotions also had a less efficient metabolism. I mean, what? So my point here is what can we control? We can control the diversity within our microbiome. How do we control that? We eat fiber. We eat a nutritionally diverse diet, eating the rainbow, lots of plants, fruits, veggies, whole grains, lentils, nuts, seeds, all the good stuff, all the fiber rich foods, because this is what feeds your gut. Fermented foods as well, kimchi, sauerkraut, some kombucha. Don't go crazy with the kombucha, but yes, it is fermented and it does have some you know, gut supportive activity. But I also was just reflecting on this and I'm like, it's always chicken and egg, like at least for now. Is it the diversity that impacts our emotions or is it that people who are more prone to positivity then have more diverse guts for whatever reason? Or is it deeper? Is it like the people who are more positive actually tend to eat less processed foods and they eat more plants and therefore they have a happier mood overall and they have lower levels of inflammation and more diversity in their gut? Probably a combo of all that, if I had to guess, I would just say always, always goes back to diet. Obviously I'm a dietitian, that's my opinion, but I would think it goes back to the diet. So the people with the people with the more positive emotions perhaps have a healthier diet or a lower inflammation diet. So it all needs to be considered. And it's just another reason, you know, why maintaining diversity in there is so important. And that's why, again, We say, eat with the seasons, eat the rainbow, focus on plants, eat your plants first at every meal, veggies first, then your protein. If you're still hungry, get the starch in. And that's also for blood sugar regulation. I've talked about this previously, but carbohydrates are what are going to have the biggest impact on your blood sugar levels, with the exception of fiber. Fiber is a carb. I like to remind people of that, but it's an indigestible carb, so it does not impact blood sugar we're talking simple sugars, white flours, white starches, that's what sparks blood sh- sparks that's what spikes blood sugar levels. And then things like healthy fats, protein helps stabilize it. They don't cause that dip, the spike and dip and spike and dip. So in general, having nothing to do with gut diversity, if we're just talking blood sugar control, eat your protein and fats first and your starches last. Eating those first helps slow the rise in the blood sugar. If you I always just think of it, I frame it as like shocking your system. So it's like if you eat the starch first, it's just going to like there goes that roller coaster. Boom. Your blood sugar's spiking and then you know, you can eat your protein and fat after and maybe it'll help a little, but like no. You need the protein and fat first. Those are take longer to digest, so it, your body does not experience that same spike in the blood sugar levels. And veggies too. Protein, veggies, eat that first. Starch last. But anyway, I honestly, so when I'm eating, I envision my gut microbes eating whatever I'm eating. So I know that's really nerdy and like dietitiany y and weird of me, but that's what I do. I wish I had a visual like, what do they look like? How do they eat the food? Because obviously they're eating food I've already chewed and it's like partially digested. So it's like, what does it look like when they're eating? I have a whole scene in my head when I eat. Even when I eat something that I know is not beneficial, like sugar, I'm like ooh, which microbes are enjoying this? I don't want them to get too big and like take over. Like, yikes, got to get some fiber in there. But you have to remember, there's an entire ecosystem in there and we feed it directly. So we literally control if we're feeding the body inflammation, if we're feeding the inflammation or if we're supporting anti-inflammatory actions. And that's what you need to keep in mind. I'd be willing to bet also that inflammation has something to do with the positive emotions because we've seen between the buck but between the gut, we've seen from the butt, we've seen from the gut-brain axis that inflammation is linked to things like mood disorders, schizophrenia, depression, anxiety. So here we're talking about positive emotions and the diversity in the gut, and typically a more diverse gut microbiome is from the fibers, the plant-based foods. So I am thinking People with these healthier diets have the better moods because these diets are less processed foods, more anti-inflammatory foods. So again, we somehow always come back to the gut and the gut-brain access in like a roundabout way, but I just thought this was crazy to me. Like, and like they got specific, like there were specific strains that were higher in those with the negative emotions and lower in those with the positive emotions and the better emotion- emotional management, the people that would reframe it rather than suppress it. So next time you go to suppress an emotion, think twice. Also, think about your diet. Get the fiber in, get the diverse nutrients in, because this is what's going to help, again, cultivate and support the diversity in your gut's microbiome. That's all from you. Now, of course, there are always contraindications. Sometimes someone has this issue, that issue, you're on a medication, like Antibiotics kill all the bacteria. Like, yes, that's that's beyond your control, of course. But in general, eating the fiber, you're the one controlling the diversity of your microbiome. So get the plants in, and that's also why eating the rainbow that helps with diversity. You're getting different nutrients. You're getting different antioxidants. Every antioxidant corresponds with a different color. They have different hues. I actually have an episode on that, probably from like earlier in the winter last year, but. That's part of the reason. The diversity in the nutrients, that means you're feeding different uh, different gut microbes and allowing them to thrive. And as we know, the more diverse, the healthier, the less inflammation, the better mood. And here we even see better mood, more positive feelings, and better emotional regulation. More likely to do what we call the cognitive reappla- reappraisal and look at things in a more positive light. So keep this in mind as you go into the holiday season, which I know can be stress-inducing, difficult for people for a lot of reasons. You're dealing with annoying people. You're dealing with financial stresses, getting the right gifts. Then you're also dealing with the food piece, lots of parties, sugar, alcohol. If it helps you to envision (laughs) your gut's microbiome like I do, like every day at my desk I have lunch and I'm like, oh, they're going to love this. (laughs) I wish they could talk to me. I wish they would be like, oh, my God, thank you so much. That arugula was amazing, like loving it. Or when I have like a candy bar, like the responsible gut microbiome are like, why are you giving us this? You're just egging them on. This is not good. I think I've lost my mind. I, I, if, <laughs> if anyone knows me, they know that this, I haven't lost my mind. But I know if you don't know me well, this probably sounds insane. But no, I, I feel like the good, all the diversity and the good, healthy microbes are like the responsible ones. And then I see, the bad ones, the ones that like feed off the sugar, they're the ones with like their sagging pants and they don't brush their hair and like they spilt on their shirt. Maybe they're skateboarding, you know, like the punks, like here to fuck shit up. And the responsible ones who's like, their shirts are buttoned all the way to the top and tucked in and they've got a belt on, you know, they're the ones who are like, oh, excellent, I'll snack on this arugula, you snack on that tomato and we will continue to grow. We're the positive, happy, healthy, microbes and we're just gonna continue getting more diverse. And that's how they would talk. Like, I'm telling you, these things are real and alive. So they definitely communicate with each other. We're not there yet. Our science is not there yet. But I would love to be on the other side or a a fly on that wall just to hear them and understand what they're saying to each other. I'm sure they're saying is oh this is good, come have some. And then they share the the arugula or they share the salad, whatever you're eating. But absolutely insane. If that doesn't work for you, that's okay because I'm a psychopath. But I think the important thing with health and wellness and diet and habits and all that, that I always come back to is you have to figure out what motivates you and works for you. So how can you, we'll do some of their cognitive reappraisal. How can you shift or reframe the way you look at your gut's microbiome? Like most people, I'm sure 99.9% of people are not even thinking about it. I'm sure half of those people don't even know it exists. Some people maybe have like heard of it. Some people are more aware of it. But it's something that you don't have to get obsessive or fixate over. It should not be, you know, causing problems, but more like be aware of it. So for me, like I said, it's like I think about it every meal. What I'm eating, I'm directly feeding to it. You don't have to be necessarily that nutty. And mine's really more just from like the educational dietitian piece. It's not out of like stress or anxiety. It's more just out of fascination. But you know, what can you say to yourself? How can you look at it? That's going to help you be like, oh yeah, I'm directly supporting my microbes or, oh, this is not so good, but I'm going to enjoy it and that's fine. But you're knowing, you know, this is causing inflammation or, oh, this is highly anti-inflammatory. Great. I'm going to eat this every day this week, whatever it is. It's important to know what helps make you tick. And that's, you know, that goes for any habits and Diet too, you know, sometimes we do eat things we don't like love the taste, but we know they're healthy. That's okay. Food is meant to be enjoyed and you should eat food you like. It shouldn't be like, oh, I hate all this, but it's healthy so I'm eating it. No, but sometimes you may not love broccoli or Brussels sprouts, but you know, there's a lot of benefits from them. They're fine, you can tolerate it. Have some if they're being served. That's just, I hate to say it, that's just called being an adult. Like sometimes we do things we don't really wanna do or we don't love but it's beneficial on the other end. So do it. But I'm not saying like, if it makes you gag, you should, you know, shove it down your throat. Like, of course not. But just keep in mind what you feed yourself, you're feeding your gut and this directly impacts your mood. And it also seems it impacts how we regulate our emotions and are able to deal with things. So again, if that's not motivation enough, I don't know what is. I think that's wild. And it's funny too, because I like that this is only done in women and You know, suppression, I feel like a lot of times that's more of a male-associated emotion. Men aren't allowed to have emotions. You know, men have to be strong all the time. Um, You know, if they show emotion, it's weak. So I feel like a lot of men are known for suppressing emotions or burying emotions. And so I'd be really fascinated to see in men what these results were because – I would say they probably suppress even more so than women, and that's just me guessing, I don't have science on that. But, you know, women definitely suppress emotions. We all suppress emotions for different reasons. A lot of times it's survival, Um, sometimes it's laziness, sometimes it's confusion, whatever, but self-preservation. But I, I just, I find that fascinating because that's something I think like most men at some point have had to like actively suppress different things because, you know, they couldn't they couldn't be weak or like boys don't cry or like whatever. So I really hope they do a follow-up study and do it with men and see what those results yield because I think it'll be pretty interesting. And that's it, keeping it light and short this week. Eat your fiber, stay regular, drink your water, and hopefully you're keeping positive emotions. And if you're not, what are you eating? I'm telling you, it all goes back to that diet. Okay. That's